Well, with that reading, we're now at the end of this series we've been uh, doing on this part of Acts, which we call People of the Spirit, looking at Acts chapter 9 to 13. We've dipped in and out of the book of Acts, as you might know, during this year, and I expect we'll come back to look at it again in the new year. And this set of chapters from chapter 9 through to 13 give us a set of stories about what happened as the followers of Jesus started to get going. And the movement of the gospel began to go outwards from Jerusalem into the rest of the world. And as it does, we've seen that lots of people's lives were changed and even entire communities were changed. So we've seen the Pharisee Saul become the Apostle Paul. We heard about Tabitha being brought back to life and the effect that had on her friends. We've heard about the Apostle Peter being turned from someone who would never spend any time with Gentiles to being creating the first Gentile church when he was sent to Cornelius, the Roman soldier, and his family to tell them about Jesus. And we've heard about the angel of the Lord and how he rescued Paul, sorry, Peter from prison. And we've seen the church in Antioch, which is the first place where people were called Christians, and realising there that they needed to turn their attention from their own world to sending people out into the wider world so that they could hear the word of God. Now, a lot happens in this book, in Acts, and as as we've reflected, it really is an ongoing book. It sets up the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit in the world to this very day, that we're part of this story, we participate in the ongoing mission that the apostles started all those years ago. So this week, we're going to finish this particular series by reflecting again, what does it mean to be the people of the Spirit? What does it mean to be the people of the Spirit? So we heard in our reading today about Paul and Barnabas going out on their first missionary journey and they went into the synagogue, which is the Jewish worship place in Antioch of Pisidia, and they were sharing the good news with the people who they met there. They were invited as visitors to speak. And so what Paul does with this opportunity is he shares with them the story of how God has worked with his people and what does it mean for them to be the people of God. So let's just think about what he says, because it speaks not just to those people there today, then, but uh, also to us now. The story that Paul tells is really a summary, we can see, of the story of the Old Testament, the people of Israel from the time of Abraham through to the time of Jesus. And it's a summary of the main events of the Bible from Genesis through to the Gospels themselves. And what Paul does with this story is he shows to these people how all through their history, there's ups and downs, it was the activity of God, it was God's purposes that sustained them and carried them along. Despite everything that they did themselves to put obstacles into what God uh, wanted them to do in the way of what was supposed to happen, he actually has still brought them to the right place. So as we read in verses 16 to 17, he says, Fellow Israelites and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. The God of the people of Israel chose our ancestors. He made them people prosper during their stay in Egypt and with mighty power he led them out of that country. So I want us to hear the verbs that Paul uses to speak about God's actions in this story and I've highlighted them in this slide. God chose the people of Israel. He made them prosper. He led them out of Egypt and into the promised land. And later on, Paul says he gives them people, uh, judges and kings, and he brings their saviour to them in Jesus. So it's a story of what God has been doing. It's an active story 
of God's plan and purposes. And it's about how he is moving this story forward to bring about what he wants to have done in the world. I think we can focus mostly today on this first verb that I've highlighted, the idea that God chose his people. He chose his people. It's been common for Christians to speak a lot about God's choice over the years. Sometimes we use the term election. Now, for us in Australia, an election is when we vote or we decide as a country who will be our leaders. In the Bible, though, election or choice is not really about the choice of people, but it's about the choice of God. So God makes a choice. And this choice, what he chooses, is that he will work through people. He will work through people and he will persevere in working through the people he's chosen until his plan is complete. That's his choice. Just to be clear, the choice that God makes, sometimes we, talk, we think as though he's choosing who's going to be saved and who's not. But that's not the, fact, not the case. It is the choice that God makes is how he, will, how he will bring salvation to people. The choice that he will bring his salvation to the world through his people. And that he will get it done despite whatever these people do. So the choice of God we can see in this passage is seen most clearly in Jesus himself. So all of the Old Testament stories we hear read up to this one man, the the chosen one of God, God's son. And even if God's people reject Jesus and kill him as they did, God has chosen that through this death he will bring salvation to those people. As Paul says in verses 26 to 32, fellow children of Abraham and you God-fearing Gentiles, it is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. The people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus, yet in condemning him they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. Though they found no proper ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they had carried out all of that was written about him, they took him down from the cross and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And for many days he was seen by those who had travelled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to our people. We tell you the good news. What God promised our ancestors, he has fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. God has fulfilled his promise through the choice to work through this people in the work that Jesus did. And when he's still doing in the book of Acts. So we've seen in this series some of the metaphors that we can use uh, to describe this work of the Holy Spirit that has now been fulfilled in Jesus. The movement of the Holy Spirit and the way that God is working through these apostles and through the early Christians. So in chapter 9 it's described as the way. God has provided a way through Christ for people to follow him, to come closer to him, to live and to believe, to move forward with God in the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the way of Jesus and that is the way of the church. And I also spoke a couple of weeks ago about the idea of this stream of the Holy Spirit, the, uh, the image of a life-giving river flowing out from the people of God, from his presence in, in this pl- small place in Jerusalem to cover the whole world. That's his plan. So Paul tells the, these Jews and Gentiles in the synagogue um, in Antioch that this way and this stream is now reaching them. They are now part of the story of the people of God. In verses 38 to 39. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. So Paul is inviting them, these people right before him, to enter into the way to receive the Holy Spirit. And we do hear, as we saw at the end, that many of them were interested in moving further. 
So there's a few things I think that those of us listening to this story today here at St Mark's Online uh, can take away from it. It's really a summary of the whole points we've been making across this People of the Spirit series. Overall, it shows us that to be a Christian is to get into the flow of what God is doing in the world. So these images of a way, of a stream, of a movement outwards from Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's what the book of Acts shows us. The Holy Spirit is actually moving dynamically throughout our world, and we can see his presence all around us if we are aware of what he is doing. Some of those people who share their Thanksgiving words today give us examples of how they've seen that reality. And this is not a new thing. If we look back as Paul did, we can see that God was always leading his people forward throughout their history. And that history is continuing in the book of Acts and it's continuing today. There's no break in historical time between the book of Acts and our own time. The history of the Holy Spirit did not end at the last page of the Bible. It's still been flowing forward for 2,000 years or more since. And we're part of it. And because we're part of it, we're part of what happens to the people of God. There have been difficult times, up times and down times for the church since the book of Acts, as there was in biblical times if we look back to the Old Testament. And you might say that right now we're in one of those difficult times. There are many obstacles now to our mission and to our experience of God. But what I take away most of all from this series, looking at the book of Acts, is that through everything that God's people have thrown at them, including a lockdown, including a pandemic, the Holy Spirit is at work through us. So our role as followers of Jesus, as the people of the Spirit, is to pay attention to that and to follow where Jesus is leading, to be on the way and allow him to lead us through At a time like this, it means that we might have to take our hands off the wheel a bit because we have no control about where things are going. We have to learn to trust that the Spirit is in charge. And if we do, I believe God will lead us where we need to go. Next term, we're going to come back to this theme. We're going to look at part of the book of Exodus. What it was like for the people of Israel under the leadership of Moses to trust that they could follow Jesus, sorry, to follow God through the wilderness into the promised land. They didn't know where they were going. So friends, I know it's easy for us to be discouraged at the moment when we think about what's happening. And a lot of us, of course, are really tired and stressed and we're struggling just to get through the days. Uh, But I want to encourage you today, we are on the way now, even right now. We're still on that way with Jesus. And he's walking ahead of us, he's beside us, he's behind us. Uh, And the Spirit is carrying us forward even if we don't feel that that's happening. As Paul also wrote in Romans chapter 11, verse 29, we can trust that this is true because of what of the God we worship, who never lets his people go. I think the next slide. In Romans 11, 29, Paul says, For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. When God makes a choice and makes a promise, he never goes back on that, and he never will. And so one day, perhaps, hopefully, people will look back on our time and remember us as the faithful people of the Spirit in the 2020s. I hope so. So let's give ourselves to that hope today and entrust ourselves to the way of Jesus. Let me pray. We thank you, Lord, for this message today and the reminder that you are always with us. We pray that we would be part of your work in the world as your people, that the Spirit would be moving and leading and guiding us as you did the apostles in that time. 
please lift us up and encourage us and fill our hearts with joy and thanks at the work that you have done and remind us that we are your precious people chosen to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen.